Welcome to the Healing Hour. I am your host, Athena Rodriguez, and we'll be having some healing conversations. Welcome to another episode of The Healing Hour. Today we have our wonderful guest, Bishop Marlon Thomas. Yes, (laughs) so good to be on. (laughs) Yes, so today is a special episode um, where we're going to be getting pretty emotional and speaking about the concept of grief. And that's something that is, um, has been hard for me to overcome and... We're going to have Miss Miss um, Marlon here to be a light to us yes. and show us how we overcome these things. So if you don't mind giving us a little background on yourself. Yes, yes. Well, I am Marlon Thomas, and, um, and I battled grief. You know, I lost my oldest son in 2016. He was tragically killed. And then three years later, the same week, two days um two days after my late husband was suddenly you know he suddenly passed away he had a heart attack so I tell people I spent six years hard grief um Mm -hmm. trying to navigate through the waters of life and and, you know to win you know with the hand that I've been dealt so uh grief is what I call a, a miserable companion to wake up to at some point all of us will deal with it and because life is we can't all stay here so, right. But we just don't factor in, you know, when we're still here, how to deal with it. You know, when mm. you lose somebody, that's that's a person you saw yourself building a future with. You didn't see yourself, like, exactly. living without them. So grief is a tough thing. So that's what I've been through. Um, I am a pastor. I'm a mom. I have one younger son who's now 29. Aww. And <laughs> um, I've been, pa- been pastoring for 20 years. Uh, Lifeline Family Worship Center in Fayetteville, Georgia. And we recently planted a church here in Houston, Texas as well, Lifeline Houston. Yes, exciting. So tell us a little bit about Lifeline Houston. What's the mission? Um, And, you know, like we want everyone to come out. Yes, we want everybody to come out. Yes, we want everyone to come out. So just give us a little more information about how we can stay connected. Yes, definitely. Um, Uh, Lifeline Houston is, um, you can follow us on IG because our address may change from different places as we're expanding. We're always trying to find a new location when God expands us. But our mission at Lifeline, just Georgia and Houston, we're building leaders. Uh, we call it winning their uh, winning territory, you Ooh. know. <laughs> and so we're building leaders. Our assignment is to help men and women of God be them be their best selves through the power of Jesus Christ. We can't do it in and of ourselves. It's, it's like if I go right. back to grief for a second, Athena, you know, the one thing that I can say that helped me to overcome grief is Jesus. Right. You know, my faith in him. And it's not a cliche. You know, uh, it's not a cliche. Some people are using religion or church as just something they do. Like, hey, I got to get my church in. You know, I got to exactly. get my God in. I got to get my Jesus in. But it's really about building a relationship. And that's what Lifeline is about. That's what helped me to overcome grief. And I'm not, let me say this about overcoming. You don't, when, when you're dealing with grief, you're never fully. Right, you're always healing. You're always you're healing. Always healing. You're, always healing. <laughs> you're always healing. You're always, every relationship will trigger a different side of your grief. Yes. Like I uh-huh. lost my late husband and now it's three and a half years later and I'm back in the dating pool. And right. so the guy that I'm dating, you know, there are just things that have come up that have triggered, you oh, know, different okay. emotions, different feelings. And I'm like, whoa, you know, because yeah. you, have, you have to learn a new person, you know, all mm-hmm. over again. And so um, so grief is not something you get over overnight, but it's a process of healing. And so Lifeline is that ministry that helps you. Whatever it is you're struggling with, uh, we have people in our ministry, especially in the Houston, we have a lot of female entrepreneurs. Uh, God yes. is still making so many boss moves out here with women, <laughs> right. you know, and so and I love it. And um, so a lot of people are just like, hey, how do I get to my next level? Mm-hmm. 
Lifeline is that ministry to empower you with the word of God to get to your next level. I tell people where you are, it's just a comma to your story. This is not the end of it. You know, there's Mm -hmm. always something more to life. And that's the thing that grief tried to do. It tried to hold me back. Right. You know, it tried to stifle me. And some people may be dealing, you may be watching, you know, the podcast and you may be struggling with, you know, maybe grief isn't your thing, but you're dealing with overcoming in a relationship, um, dealing with depression, anxiety. You know, I I meet Mm -hmm. a lot of young people who are really struggling and battling with anxiety, you know, just overly concerned about things that's going on. Well, the word of God, you know, is what we have to put on any situation. The world has a lot of things that will draw us away. And again, church is not something we do. It's got to be in us. And but Lifeline, we help men and women of God to build that relationship with God. Remember, where you are is just a comma to your story. There's Mm -hmm. always another level with your name on it. I love that. (laughs) I definitely think without faith, I would have never, like you said, we don't overcome our grief, but I've been able to sit with it and live with it. Um, So like my personal story, I touched on the first episode. Okay. Um, I also lost my brother unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, yeah, it was as soon as, um, as soon as we started getting real close. So um, I've had to, as an adult, mm-hmm. grieve this as well as um, this happened when I was a teenager. Okay. So just naturally being, dealing with a lot of emotions yeah. that I didn't know what to deal with as a teenager yeah. and dealing with that grief, um, I've had to learn to master it somehow. And the only way that I've done that is through, literally through Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way, like my faith Um as some people who experience grief, their first experience, their first um, instinct mm-hmm, is to mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. "Why God? Why, why God? me? Yes, why yes. me?" Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I that I had struggled with my faith as well yeah. a little bit. Like I never second guessed God, but I but I questioned Him though. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. questioned Him. I'm in I'm in high like I was in high school and looking around my classmates, I'm like. I had to just bury my brother this weekend, and these people get to carry on like nothing happened. And so I'm sitting there like stuck. that. Yeah. yeah, I had a moment like that walking through the grocery store mm. afterwards, and I'm just looking and I'm like, "Does anybody know what I just went through?" Yeah, you know, it's like life goes on, but you're you haven't gone on, you know, and you wonder like, what? How did my world stop and everybody else's continued on? And you just, it's, it's just, a, it's the weirdest moment, you yeah. know, that, yeah, that you experience. It's like, how is that fair? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think the thing is when uh, we get it twisted that, you know, we shouldn't question God or we shouldn't mm-hmm. ask God, you know, but when we build our relationship with Jesus, it is a real relationship. And you can't have a relationship with somebody and, and have filters or, well, hey, you can ask me this, but don't ask me that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a parent, my son can ask me anything. There's a, There comes a time and age, even if I know that, I know his heart. Mm-hmm. I know he's not asking because he doesn't, he's questioning my authority. He's asking because he may not know. It could be something as simple as, hey, mom, you know, I know you said put the, you know, uh, sheets in mm-hmm. the laundry room, but we always put them in the, you know, cabinet. So, you know, did something change? I'm not going to get mad and be like, why are you asking me that? Just put the sheets where I said, you know? Right. And we think that way about God when it comes to life. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't want us to ask him questions. He wants us to have ask him questions. He wants to have a relationship. That's what Life on Houston is all about, teaching people to have a real relationship with God. We don't question him in the sense of, you know, in a disrespectful way. Even though sometimes it comes out, he knows our heart. He knows when we're broken. All we can do is ask him. If if we can't ask him, who else can we ask? Right. You no know? one else understands No, no one else. You know? And everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. hurts differently. Like, I'm, you know, just um, speaking to other people who've, who've gotten through it. Like, even, like, my own mom. Like, yeah. she's had to, um, she's experienced grief many times over and so even through her pain, I know she went through the same pain, yeah. but yet there's a disconnect there in explaining my pain to her. Yeah. I was literally a teenager crying on the, you know, crying, crying on the bathroom floor with her saying like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know what to do with these feelings. 
And it's almost as if she couldn't explain it to me either, even yeah. though she's also been through the same thing. But whenever I turn to, you know, turn to faith, it's like, okay, now I feel understood. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel heard, I feel seen, yes. I feel comforted in ways that, you know, uh, my earthly family couldn't, you know, quite do. So true, so true. And I think when we go through things, again, talking about questioning God, you know, when we go through things, it takes that faith. I believe the fact that we can ask why, that still says we have faith because mm -hmm. we're going to the God, you know, that actually controls everything. And for me, going through grief, I know that it was my relationship. I know it was faith. Of course, I had people praying. You know, I had a praying church, friends, family. But at the end of the day, nobody can go back home with me. Right. It was going to be me and God. And it wasn't an overnight thing. I didn't just poof. Overnight, you know, I got over it. It mm -hmm. took years. I suffered um, a lot of losses. I believe within myself, this is not medically written, but I believe that at some point I had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Again, it wasn't medically, you yeah. know, but I know that I had checked out. Mm -hmm. And I was just numb. I was mm -hmm. coasting. Like, I could function, but I really wasn't functioning. Yeah. And that's another form of grief that really causes us to mask where we are and what we're dealing with and I I just checked out and stuff started like I started losing stuff right <laughs> you know like losing my lot started losing my house I was just like checked out I was I was literally almost borderline grieving myself to death right and I tell people if it hadn't been for my other son that I knew I needed to fight to live for him because he can leave he can lose both of us I probably would have right and that's yeah. the thing about grief eating you up yeah it's like now i kind of have like that reflex to where like okay i've hurt so bad to mm -hmm. where when things start to hurt me my first instinct is to run to god yes yes it's my that's my first instinct because i'm just like okay like this hurts so bad yeah. i have to give it to i have to give it to someone exactly, exactly. i have to give it to someone yeah. so that was definitely one something that i had to deal with it in in my morning because mm -hmm. with my brother um i wasn't just he was 24 whenever he died oh, so i wasn't just mourning um what was i was mourning what was supposed to be yes and so oh, i, I held on to yeah. that yeah. um this is what was supposed to be you were supposed to be at my wedding yeah. you were supposed to see my kids growing up these are things that we were that i had planned yes. and so not only was i mourning the loss of my brother, but I was mourning the loss of my plans. Exactly, yeah. That I went through that, mourning the loss of a future we would never experience together. Yes, and yeah. I think that was the hardest thing to overcome yeah. is, like, you know, like the memories, I found comfort in the memories because yeah. they happened and we had a great time. But it was the what if that I couldn't, I couldn't get myself to, to understand why, why God would take, you know, my brother away from my nephew, yeah. like he had a young son, like yeah. why he would have us on the right track of a relationship and then take him away as soon as we get on that path. Yeah. But then it, it had to it had to hit me like this instance brought me it, it gave me faith. Like yeah. it gave me yeah. faith through my pain. Yeah, because we trust God. And it's, it's something you said that because I wrote a song called From Pain to Purpose. Yes. And that's what I started doing. Instead of for focusing in, even though I was grieving, instead of for focusing in on just the pain, I was like, God, it's got to be purpose in this. You know, it's just like our script. God is such a loving father that he didn't write our script to be a script full of pain. Pain is just a part of our process to get us to our purpose and to fulfill our destiny. But I knew that it just couldn't end right there. You know, yeah. it's like, this ain't it. This ain't it, yeah. God, you know. And so I wrote this song from pain to purpose. And then me and my younger son, um, we wrote a song called Winning. Mm -hmm. And um, and and we that song, God has taken that song so many places that it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Mind you, we're not no recording artists. <laughs> I always tell people, we're just, we were just grieving. We yeah. were just channeling our mm, energy. Like we refused to yeah. just sit there and be defeated. Right. You know, even though you're going through the process, it's like when I hit that point, I was like, I'm numb. I'm starting to lose things. I said, I can't sit here. Yeah. Like I knew my son's life had to count for something. And I wanted the world to know that he was here. So we mentioned his name in all of our songs. Mm -hmm. um, I did conferences, scholarship funds. I mean, we did so many things to just kind of 
make sure that people locked in. I wanted everybody to know my son was here. Same thing with my late husband. Because I wasn't going to let grief win. And so that's my whole life purpose, I believe. Grief actually pushed me to my purpose. I thought I was fulfilling my purpose as a pastor and doing things that God called me to do. But grief opened up so many doors and platforms. Because one thing we don't do in the church is talk about grief. And I discovered that in meeting so many people, as I shared my testimony, they're like, my husband died, my my son died, you know, and they were just carrying grief because then nobody across the pulpit ever talked about it. They didn't see a face. Right. And people would say, well, how do you do it? And I would tell them, I say, it's God. And Mm -hmm. I'm determined I'm going to win. If the devil took my son, even though I know God, nothing happens without his approval. But if the devil did it, I'm going to win in it. You're going to win. So how did you develop that champion mentality? Because it's so easy to feel defeated. Yes. It's so easy to, um, and something something myself, um, just feeling okay with, you know, I deserve to feel bad. Like I deserve to feel bad. I'm ha- I'm okay in my space feeling sorry for myself, yeah, yeah. feeling, you know, feeling sorrow because it's better than having to come to the realization that I can't feel bad for myself anymore. I have mm-hmm. to I have to do life again. Yeah. I have to do yeah. life again. Yeah. And I came to that point that in me I'm just like I'm going to win. I had to dig deep. Yeah. It, it couldn't come outside of me. Because had it come outside of me in that moment, I, I would have shook it off. I truly believe that it was a God thing. Like we're talking about faith that got us through, you know, our relationship with Jesus. It was a God thing. It was something that he planted in me that was bigger than me. Because at the time that I was saying it, I wasn't even feeling it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I tell everybody, hey, great winning day. great." Win-. I wasn't feeling like a winner. We, we <laughs> wrote the song, you know, and, and the, it's a hook on it that says, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. I wasn't feeling that way when I went into the studio. But the word of God says, you know, that when we speak God's word, when we Mm -hmm. speak it in the atmosphere, that which we speak, it doesn't just go, you know, but it comes back into our hearing and our faith is activated. So as God knew, as I began to speak, I'm winning, eventually it would take root. You right. know, and grief could not stay there. See, grief can only, or depression, or anxiety, anything you're going through, it can only be housed in your body when you feed it, when you nurture right. it. Like you said, when you give yourself permission and say, hey, I'm just, nobody know what I'm going through, I'm going to hold on. Okay, right. well, you hold it, it's going to hold you. And until you're ready to let it go, it's not going anywhere. And the more I spoke, I'm winning. The more I spoke, I'm going to teach others how to win. That thing grabbed hold to me. And I just went around the world, just activating the winner and people. I was like, it doesn't matter. I have this saying, I think, in in one of the songs, it might be from Pain to Purpose, um, no matter what you're going through, God has the master plan for your life. And, like, if we really believe that, that the thing is, if we truly set our focus on his plan, yes, we can't control what goes on in our life. I mean, like we're sitting here now, but we don't have control over anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like God controls everything. And when we put ourselves in a position to be God focused and not earth focused, it takes time. It takes discipline. It takes taking an assessment of our life to say, what was I really in control You right. know, about? God gives us choices, but we're never fully in control. And so I had, I, call, I tell my church all the time, you have to take a life self-inventory. And I begin to look within. Mm-hmm. And as I begin to look within, I begin to look at my own strengths. I begin to look at my own weaknesses. And I, I was like, you know what? I can do this, God. I'm not right. going to just let my son's life be, you know, just another young black male that was killed. You know, you know I'm not going to let this be the end of his story. So you have to find, you have to find, you hear me? Like you have to find it. You have to find a fighter in you. Right. I believe all of us have a fighter. It's just what did the enemy take that's passionate to you to fight for? Exactly. And that was, yeah, yeah, that was my that was my whole reason of uh, you know, you talked about turning your pain into purpose. That's why I created the Healing Hour podcast. You know, in addition to like losing my brother, it's just all of the trials and tribulations that I've been through in my life. Um, everything that's been taken away from me, everything, you know, 
everything that's happened to me in my life, um, I decided that, by, like, through healing myself, yeah. I, I can't truly find peace until I share this, this inner wisdom of how to heal yourself with others, you know, and that creativity is the, is the best outlet. Yes. Creativity is the best outlet for overcoming um, the things that life throws at you because you're, you know, now I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this type of way. Okay, I don't care if I don't have, I don't care if I have five listeners mm-hmm. on this podcast. <laughs> if one person, mm-hmm. if one, it all it takes is one person That's to tell it, me one. it touched me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm living, I'm living in my purpose. That's it. I'm That's living so in good. my purpose. That's so good. That's it. I think we focus oftentimes on the masses. You know, yeah. so many people are trying to reach there. But you said it. If I just reach one person. Because Jesus actually always comes for the one. For the one, He'll yep. leave the 99, you know, mm-hmm. just to come for the one. So if we just came for the one, then it was worth it. Purpose was fulfilled. You took the pain of losing your brother and life transitions that right. happened. And said, I'm not going to sit here with this basket of lemons. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to make lemonade and I'm serving it up and letting everybody yeah. know, listen, we're we going to go on and move past, exactly. you know, yesterday's woes. It doesn't mean that... It doesn't visit you, but mm-hmm. it can't stay. It with can't you. live there. Yeah, it's like it's gonna knock on the door, and we'll open it and be like, "All right, well, come on in." You know what? You've been here two days, right? You, you, you gotta go now. You, <laughs> you don't pay saying? rent here, so I don't no know why you're here. still here. Yeah, yeah, you don't pay no rent. You grief, you gotta go. Depression, you gotta go. Right. Poverty, you have to gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Yes, yes. So it was basically, yeah. So what was your? What would you say would be like your? I guess you're like you're coming to God moment. I feel like everybody on their journey, we kind of have that like, okay, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing things my way and life been life. And so I'm yeah. going to surrender and do what, I, what I'm what i hearing you want me to do. So what, what was that moment for you? I think that moment is continual. Continual. <laughs> you know, to be honest, because every time I grab a hold to one thing God wants me to do, it's like he gives me something else. Like, to be honest, um, I didn't even plan to do Lifeline Houston. Oh, wow. Uh, this was God's idea. I was like, God, I've been pastoring for 20 years in Georgia. It was still some things I wanted to accomplish and achieve in Georgia. And God gives me this vision. I was here speaking on a panel i don't know if you know um ceo shan that's her ig and um she's she's doing so many things in the houston community and she brought me in for her stately conference last year and so uh it opened up a whole door of people that were not in the church you know Mm -hmm. god took me to the marketplace in a way that i had never been and and in that moment i heard god say you're coming to houston you're going to plant a church. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. He's so cool. Let's do it, God. But he's like, you're going to do it next month. Mm. And so I had less than 30 days. And I knew it was God because he was stirring me up. Like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I was just like, God, what if you do it like 2024? Right. And so I think for me, that question is just a matter of my coming to Jesus moment, you know, Mm -hmm. was – to embrace whatever he has. I, I tell people all the time, and it's it's like the reality of this statement, death changed my narrative. Mm. So I, whereas I was always a planner because I saw death, you know, up close, I just live in the now. That's right. why when God gave me, I mean, I'm wise, you know, I ain't going like, hey, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I got to, you know, move stuff around, but I don't really ponder stuff for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. I know if God says it, I'm like, I'm going to go. And my attitude is if I miss it, I miss it. But if I make it, then God's going to keep Then, yeah, me. what's the best yeah. that so can that, happen? So that was kind of my coming to Jesus moment. Like, when I finally just embraced it and said, this is what you want me to do, God, I'm open. Mm. And I tell people, you have to stay open to what God's plans are. And I just, I said, I'm open. And I struggle with it sometimes because his plans are always bigger than us. You know, yes. God's plans require us to follow and depend solely on him. Mm-hmm. He sends the provision. He sends the people. He sends everything. And it requires us to follow him. Right. And that's not always easy when you don't see it. I don't know about you, but I'm like, God, sometimes I want to see step three or four. 
Oh, well, that's me. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see the finish line. Yeah, you, oh, you want to? Okay, 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 okay. I like I want. I'm one of God's like um, annoying children. Like, hey, hey, it's me again. God, are you listening? So you want to see the finish line? I did step one. Where's ten? Yeah, I'm, I'm at this point. Like, you know what, God? Okay, I've done one. If you just show me, I'm like, just, just like Pete. Just, I don't have to see the whole page. Just, I just need to see the red line. And so. I'm at this point that I'm just like, God, whatever. Whatever right. you want me to do. I, I embrace it. I, I feel like I've bumped my head enough. I've I've allowed grief to take so much away from me. Like I talked about losing my house, you know, losing my car. Because I was just grieving myself yeah. again. And in one moment, I just was like this. When I, I told you, I think the more I spoke, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. It just activated the winner. And I just said, God, I'm open. So whatever he wants. So when he said Lifeline Houston... I told my church in Georgia, they said, Bishop, we're not going to let you go. And we brought a whole team down here. We mm-hmm. launched it. And it's just been amazing That's to a watch. Blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, y'all got to come out to our services. <laughs> we will. So, Bishop Thomas, we're going to take a short break. Okay. And then we'll be back. Okay, sounds <laughs> okay. good. <laughs> Bishop Thomas, and we are speaking about um, her concept of turning um, pain into purpose. Yes. And when to, um, and we just finished talking about when do we know um, to obey God? Yes. When do we know when to jump? (laughs) I love that. You know, when do we know when to jump? It goes back to purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think purpose is one of those things that so misunderstood. Because I teach life by purpose is not a one-stop destination. Purpose is continuing. Like, my whole life is not about one thing. Right. I've been doing and pastoring 20 years. I've done so many different things. I believe each one of those phases held my season's purpose. Mm -hmm. And I believe because people don't realize that, they're, like, looking for the finish line. We were talking about the finish line. They're looking for the end. Really, the end is heaven, so don't look too far ahead. Don't look, don't right. look too far ahead. But, you know, we're kind of mentally trained to think that way. Like, okay, yes. it's, this is finally going to get it. But if that's the, if this is finally it, then life is boring. Because you don't want to spend the, last, the next 20 years doing the same thing right. or the next 15 years. So whatever season we're in holds that season's purpose. Mm. So when do I you jump? You jump when you know you're in your season's purpose. Mm-hmm. For me, I jumped into Lifeline Houston because I knew this was my season's purpose. And so I put all my resources, all my energy, all my time. It didn't matter whether I saw this for my life. Once God revealed it to me, I I took the jump. And I only knew one person when I came here, like really one person. The other people I had connected with on a business end, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, others had brought me in. We're just on like a hello, goodbye, or social media, like, hit, follow, but never a real in-depth conversation. But I only knew one person. So my thing was, God, you want me to go to a city? Yeah. I don't know anybody there. Like, we're not on the days of knocking on doors, telling people a church is here. And God yep. said, when you go, I'll send them. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. I went and one person told another person, told another person, and it's just been word of mouth, social media, (laughs) which is so ironic. And I have more millennials that are actually coming than anything, you know, and I prayed years ago. uh, I was like, God, just give me a voice to the millennials. I felt like I had wisdom to offer, you know, this generation. I didn't know it would come in a time that, it would push me out of grief, you know, to to take that jump. Mm-hmm. So think about purpose like that is that it's not a one stop. I definitely think that a lot of millennials are having our own coming to God moment at this yeah. point. Um, because uh, that's something that I like seeing as well, because just seeing the um, like just keeping up with social media and things. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that a lot of a lot of millennials who were lost. Yeah. Are, are looking around and needing some type of faith, mm-hmm, something to look mm-hmm. forward to um, in the age of depression and anxiety. Yes. They need something. 
Um, they need some spiritual soul food. Yes. So one thing that I've been really happy to see is like on my TikTok timeline, I've been seeing a lot of like young girls like mm-hmm. doing their walk with Jesus yes. and going into celibacy and going into Bible studies yes. and quoting scriptures. And I think that's so powerful. And that's literally an essential part. That's something that we look over yes. whenever we talking about overcoming sorrow, Mm -hmm. overcoming anxiety, depression. Once we have that belief system, Mm -hmm. you know, to where we know that somebody has a bigger plan for us and that this season of suffering is just that. It's just a season. It's It's easier to jump. Like, even with this podcast, like you were saying, with Lifeline Houston, you you kept tossing and turning. (laughs) You couldn't sleep at night. And it's that that urgency. It's like you feel God's urgency at that time, like, my child, this is what I'm telling you to do now. Yes. You know, and the more you ignore it, in my life, whenever I've ignored God's calling for me to do something, he will He will push me yes. <laughs> on my face, face back like that, and t- until I get it. And every time I ignore it, it gets worse and worse. Yeah. My lessons get worse and worse. The more I'm like, um, I can't hear you until finally I'm at a point where, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go. I'll right, go. I, uh, you yeah. got it. Like, Just I don't need to. You said jump, I'm jumping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're so right about the millennials. I'm seeing that too. I'm seeing a hunger. A hunger. That people are hungry again, the, um, the millennial generation, that they're, they're wanting God. I think they've tried. At first, if I could say it this way, I think initially uh, it was like, well, I don't want that because they were raised in church, you know? So it was, yeah. they were trying to run from the traditional. mindset of what church was what their parents experienced they were forced to go or church hurt like you said and at some point and it goes back to what lifeline houston's core value is building your relationship with jesus people have to have that that's the only way you're going to have that stick to it is and that's what i'm seeing that people are younger people are coming back to jesus for themselves and Mm -hmm. and when they come to that place then they're willing to go back into a church right because church looks different than it looked 10 years ago. So it actually looked, and you know, for me, I mean, 20 years, it, it's a totally different face. I'm constantly okay. readjusting. I'm thankful for some of the young people that, that are there to keep me up on some of the lingo. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, I got, I got a few things lit. You know? <laughs> lit. <laughs> a few words, but, but I'm just, I'm loving the fact that I'm seeing people hungry, mm-hmm. you know, hungry for God. Because where there's a hunger, God can fill. Right. And I feel like, you know, millennials, we were sold a lie, you know, we were sold a lie. We said, you know, they try to tell us, especially with the rise of social media, like this, these achieve these things and you'll be happy. And then we're seeing millennials achieve these things, achieve these milestones as we get older and it's not making them happy, you know? (laughs) So now it's, it's the coming to God moment. Okay. What can make me happy? I'm still depressed. I'm still anxious. I'm still, these are all the things that God talks about in the Bible. Yeah. There's a scripture for all of this, like, you know, in my devotional, there's a, there's a little place where I can, if I'm feeling depressed, you know, there's a, there's a story for every feeling that I'm feeling. Exactly. exactly. And so we're, we're finding the truth after being sold a lie all this time. Because yeah, yeah. the only person that can fill any void in our life is Jesus. I tell people, I can't imagine trying to do life without him. I I believe that everybody at some point, no matter, even all the money in the world, you know, all the accolades, there's always going to be a void because God did not create a world that he wasn't needed. Exactly. Even being a, even my time being a lukewarm Christian, being one of those, like, I'm not, I don't have to go to church on Sunday because I have a praying grandma. God, God knows my heart. (laughs) You know, I'm busy, you know, on Sundays. So, you know, I have to work. I have to prioritize other things besides God. I wasn't, I was, I was not living, I was miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long story short, y'all, I was, I was miserable. Um, I was working in the nightlife. Um, I, I was being spiritually attacked. Yeah. I, at every turn. Yeah. You know, randomly bursting out into tears. It wasn't until I decided to stop, you know, half-stepping on being a Christian. Yeah. And actually going to church every week. You know, and actually, like, participate. I'm Catholic, so I was, like, participating in, in the Easter's and the Ash Wednesday's and the, and the okay. Palm Sundays. Like, those things. And also, like, 
engaging in Bible studies and things like that and, you know, actually reading the Bible. Whenever I stopped half-stepping and sacrificing, that was my biggest thing. When I started sacrificing, like, things that I needed, Mm -hmm. that I thought Mm -hmm. I needed, God God started replacing me with rewards. Mm. I love that. So So what were some of the things you had to sacrifice? So I had to sacrifice a few things, um, and then I made the conscious decision to, you know, give that up. Okay, I got you. So I was like, okay, like, you know, like, like without saying too much, like just like the sponsors, like things like that. Like I have to give this up um, because I'm tired of being a lukewarm Christian. Um, And so as soon as, um, you know, I stopped, and it's like I didn't have any income coming in. didn't know how I was going to survive. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how I was going to make it. Um, it eventually, the pieces started to fall together. And so, yeah, so giving that up, it was like, I'm used to making, you know, quick money and yeah. doing and being able to do so much more. Um, and then God started to fill my life with things that were actually filling me up mm. and leading me towards my purpose and yeah. not just temporary come and go. Um, because all the money that was being made was also being spent at the same rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then God, it was, like yeah. you said, you wasn't happy. I wasn't you know? happy. Yeah. I wasn't at peace. Um, it wasn't me. I wasn't acting in my in my own light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trying to be like people that I had no business trying to be like. Um, and I there was no authenticity in that lifestyle. Yeah. That right there is a powerful testimony. You know, it's, it's a, it all led me here. Yeah. You know, it all led me to being able to speak to, you know, wonderful people like you yeah. that, you know, have been on this journey as well and know that, you know, there is one thing that bonds us all together. Mm-hmm. And either you realize that now, you realize that later, or unfortunately, some people never realize. Yeah. You know. I tell people, don't let the bottom have to fall completely out to bring you back to God. Like, thank God for your praying grandmother. You right. know? <laughs> oh, she, she gets her prayer warrior on, for sure. My yes. grandma's a certified yes. prayer warrior. Thank God her prayers was covering you. But God knew that you were coming back to him, too. And he yeah. knew that you were going to build this platform to help so many people that need to know how to move from pain to purpose and how to take their story. Like I said, take the lemons, you know, mm-hmm. and make some lemonade and we don't realize how powerful that is. Right. Because like you said, everybody doesn't come back. So when you can come back in that and help other people, that's power. Yeah. Like you have more power than you even know. Coming that's back. Power. Yes. Yes. And that's why your your story inspired me so much is the, the coming back. Yes. Because I feel like. I feel like God places these burdens on everyone to see who's yeah. coming back. Kind of yeah. like, you know, like the like Job's story. Exactly. You know, exactly. like exactly. a lot of people would have had everything taken from them and yeah. being like, OK, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to yeah. get down with the lay down. You know, it's like God separates those who are our are, are sheep, like yes. are going to listen yes. to him yes. and um, and look to him when things are falling down. Mm-hmm. So that way we can come back to the other people and mm-hmm. say, look how God, look how great God is. Yes. Look, yes. look how great he is. Cause if, if those terrible things didn't happen to me, mm-hmm. how would I be able to tell you about the glory of God? Mm-hmm. I never felt it. It's always been good for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and to add to that too, I believe that when God allows us to go through what I call the process, when he allows us to go through the process, he allows us to go through it to build our faith, and, and in it, it's so built that, like, nobody can take your testimony away from you. Yeah. Nobody can take my testimony yep. away from me because it wasn't a church encounter. Mm-hmm. It was a personal encounter. Right. It was somewhere where I was crying out to God and he showed up. However he showed up, the yeah. same thing with you. And so when we go through that and talking about that Job experience, this is the thing is that you can't get to the promise without the process. Right. Now, I don't have time to preach. But, <laughs> but if can't. you do, go to Lifeline Houston. Yeah, if you do, go to Lifeline Houston. <laughs> you know, because everything that we go through, talking about healing, you know, everything we go through, it's just a part of our process that's going to take us to our promise. Yes. Job, you mentioned Job. Job had a painful process, y'all. Yeah. I'm talking about, whoo, lost all of everything. his kids in one day, lost all of his business. His wife was ready to divorce him and said, curse God and die. And in the process... 
his body was afflicted, and Job still did not walk away from God. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The Lord mm. gives and the Lord takes away. But this mm. is the key thing. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord. I tell people he went into worship. How many of us in our process and our pain and our losses and our grief and our anxiety and our depression, how many of us can say, Lord, I'm going to praise you anyway? Right. Basically, that's what Job did. You yeah. know, he, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He was like so locked in. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. Faith. People don't lo- understand. And his turnaround was not an overnight thing. Job went through this for years yeah. without even hearing God's voice of why. Mm. He had three friends to come and sit with him. They were questioning, well, it had to be something you did. Like, Job, come on, I know you're righteous, <laughs> but something. Righteous, good something people don't there. go through this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I lost... One child, mm. I can't imagine losing. I think he has seven kids all in the same day. Can you imagine what that funeral looked like? <sighs> Unbelievable. But Job so trusted God that years went by and everything he lost, God restored him double. Mm-hmm. He gave him his children back. We don't know how Job, Job was older, so we don't know how he was able to produce kids anymore. Yeah. But God gave him his children. He gave him his wealth back. He gave him his status he gave him back more than he lost. Mm-hmm. That's the promise. Yeah. But you don't get there. What if Job had quit in the process? How many people quit in the process? How many people walk away from God, you know, when it's tough? You said something about your testimony. When you walked away, you didn't know how your bills were going to be paid. You you lost quick money. You lost Big money, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, probably what most people can make in a week. You made that in a couple of hours, not even yeah. a day, just a couple of hours. And you walked away. You were in your process. But look at the promise we're sitting in. Mm-hmm. You're at the nations now through this, you know, uh, platform that God has given to you. You couldn't see this, but God knew it was going to happen. And and I want to encourage somebody that's, that's listening, somebody that's watching, you might feel like you're in your process you may feel like where you are is hopeless that pain is just gripping you you know whatever the loss was whatever the disappointment the heartache breakups are tough oh yeah. listen you talking about breakups is almost like Ooh. near-death experience you know what oh I'm yeah because at least with Literally. grief and death you know you're not gonna see that person but when you break up now you gotta see them on social media and then don't god forbid don't see them with somebody and then all of a sudden the subliminal messages oh, and, you know, no. trying not to clap back. And, you know, it's tough to live through that and have to function in life, yeah. you know, every day. And then when you finally walk away from it, people say, did you see this? You're like, I'm not trying to see this. Please. But then it just jars <laughs> your memory and you're like, all right, I'm going to just see it. Just this one last right. time. You know? So somebody may be dealing with that. It's just your process. Where you are is just a comma in your story. It's not your end. If you keep walking with God, keep your faith in God, you're going to get to a better day. Listen, the person that walked away from you or the person that left, God has somebody better. The person better. that God has for us, they so bad. God said, I got to fix you to get get prepared for them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like God's like, I have to fix you to prepare you for them because that person is so bad. We're looking at what we lost and who left. If they left, they were supposed to be. They're supposed to be gone. They were supposed to be gone. They had no. They served their purpose. Yeah, they served their purpose. That's it. Oh my <laughs> gosh, they served. And and finding that in it is going to be the key thing. The to only thing. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I've had to. I've had to grieve. You know, a long term relationship, yeah. and, you know, it felt like it felt like he died. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, okay, this person is all I know. Like, at the yeah. time, like, that person was all I knew from a teenager up until, you know, an early adult. I'm yeah. like, this is the only person I know. Like, how do I do life without this person? See this person with the with the person that they, uh, you know, was yeah. with while they yeah. was with me. Mm-hmm. And see them, like, they went on to, like, build a family. Like, they just had a kid. And mm-hmm. so it was, like, right. being updated by my family. Our families yeah. are intertwined. It's, like. Dealing with that is not easy, but the thing is, like, I feel like people, people who aren't, uh, who haven't discovered their strength and faith yet, mm-hmm. think that faith is, is just like, is you know the the night the good part about being a Christian, yeah. the good part about you know believing in God. No, that's the discipline. Yeah. The faith is where the Come discipline on. comes in, because mm-hmm. it's like I there is no faith without discipline. Because yes. how can you see? 
the person that you want to build a family with, build a family with somebody else, you know, it, that you, how do how do you how do you that go was through that? Supposed to be your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. How do you how do you deal with with walking into a classroom after the next day? They're not trying. You know, your school's not trying to give you any grieving time, and your math teacher comes to you and says, "Oh, well, my grandmother died, so I know how you feel." Like, how do you? How, and everybody just goes on with their life. Yeah. How how do you go on? And it's like it's that discipline like yes. it's that self-discipline like i know this is going to be get better i know yes. that's faith i know it's, it's going to get better yeah not not all these good things are happening to me so i'm going to keep believing mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like these things these bad things are happening <laughs> i have to believe i don't have a choice yeah there's something better is going to come through that and that's what i went through and that's when i wrote a queen waiting on her king let me say that right yes and, um, yes and that's what i wrote it like even though i lost my late husband, I had to believe that God had a king out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I was grieving. I was hurt. I mean, I was used to companionship. You know, I was used to having a best friend in-house, you know, yeah. everything. We did everything, but I couldn't stay there. I had to believe that that pain that I was sitting in was going to push me to purpose. So when I penned it, I didn't know. The, I, I think I saw like 300 copies in one week just from social media. You know, people that women that were really trying to connect with their purpose-driven mate. And then the thing is, it all, this book also affirms women in their queenship. Mm. Because when you're so affirmed in who you are, you're not looking for somebody to identify with. Yeah, He's looking for you. Mm -hmm. And you, like I said, God has to fix you so, because that man is so bad, or that woman, that person is mm -hmm. so bad, like so awesome in who God has. That he's got to get you ready. So until our mindset is women change, queen, the reason why I title it a queen, because I want women to know you're royalty. Oh, yeah. You know, you you are like you deserve nothing but the best in every area. There's no shortchanging. You deserve nothing but God's best, because when you're that, that's what God gives you to. He's not going to short. He's not shortchanging the other person and he's not going to shortchange you. So I turned to lemons. Exactly. It's a lemonade. I cried, you know, had moments, but I said, I'm going to write a book and inspire other women. And here you are building your empire and, and, and inspiring women. Like, it's definitely, you're having your, you're having your twofold Job moment. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm on, <laughs> a, having your thank God I'm on the other side. Right. <laughs> Took a long time to get there, but thank God I'm on the other side of it. Yes. Exactly. And I, I really value, um, talks about faith like this with yes. you know with women and, and just people in general but especially when it comes from a woman yes because i feel like we we mourn so many things throughout our lives yes <laughs> we, we feel so many things yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's easy to feel like you know you know not a lot of you know i i happen to have a good core of girlfriends but not a, not every woman has that core group of girlfriends yes. where they can talk about grief and yes. they can know that they're queen mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and be uplifted in that manner so it's so important for women like you to break into the industry and you know let us know that yes i started building sister tribes too you talked about having friends because i found that so many women didn't have that yeah. you know um they didn't have like really genuine authentic friendships even in church like people knew one another you know they're like oh that sister saw so sit on the front row or we sing on a praise team together but they didn't really have genuine friendships so I just started this sister tribe thing. And I tell it, like, I don't have a, it, it's not an exclusive group. Everybody's welcome. Mm. And I just have sister tribes. And I'll go on vacation with them. Aww. I'm like everybody's best friend. Like, That's if you so talk cute. to all of them, they'll probably say, Marla's my best friend. Aww. But I'm one that I just, I try to be there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I can't, I hear, here's another sister that yeah. just came into our group. She Take can on. do it. But I, I never want people to feel like they're doing life alone. Yeah. yeah, and that's the biggest part of, I think, to me, mm -hmm. of overcoming the things that I've come into is knowing that I'm not alone. Yes. Because that, yes. that isolation yes. will literally eat you alive. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And a, and a true queen can always straighten her sister's crown. Like, right. sis, like, mm -hmm. you can do this. You, you're going to cry today, but it's going, you got you have tomorrow. It's going to be a better tomorrow. Right. And that's what I really build, sister tribes all around. Like, when pushing women... To their greatest win, straightening up crowns, drying tears. We gonna cry. Drying we tears. We gonna be here yeah. forever. I have this thing where, like, twenty four hours, I'm over something. If mm -hmm. it lingers and lasts longer than that, I'm like, oh, Lord. 
It's got to yeah. be real deep. But I, I really try to get like 24 hours. I want to process it. I want to deal with it. And I want to be over it's it. Done. You know, now mm-hmm. grief isn't one of those things. But just life. Just life. Yeah, but just I feel life. like grief, grief helps you. Like overcoming big losses yeah. helps you get over small things a lot quicker. So true. Well said. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing is that I've been able to build up a cat list. Yes. You know, which is like some things that may overwhelm other people. Don't overwhelm me. (laughs) I've been through, you know, in my head, I always have that program. Like you, you, you can do hard things. Yes. You know, you can do hard things. Grief Um, shows you how strong you are. Yes. Yeah. Because you think in a moment, like with your brother, you think in a moment you're not going to come back. I know for me, I wondered, am I going to live the rest of my life feeling this way? Am I always going to feel like I'm in pain? Mm. And again, it was a choice. I it could still be in that same place. I could still be in that same place, fighting to get out the bed, fighting to comb my hair, fighting to put on a smile. But mm-hmm. I chose. You I chose mean, life. Yeah, I chose life. And my my uh, grief group that I actually um, this coming well at the time of the podcast, I'm not certain of what time <laughs> it'll be. But I started a grief group um, that I launched to help other people. To you know, walk through the waters of grief. I always say there wasn't a group that I felt was what I needed. Not mm-hmm. to say they weren't out there. It wasn't what I needed, so I created it right. because so many people individually kept coming to me, and I couldn't help everybody individually and walk alongside. So I mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm gonna do this grief group. I'm gonna take these women and I'm gonna make some lemonade and push somebody else to their purpose. So, yes, yeah. and I bet the lemonade tastes sweet now. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, um, Bishop Thomas. Thank you for, for having me. For coming and giving my audience all this wisdom, all this internal oh, wisdom it. that you hold within you. And um, you know, this is a part of the podcast where, you know, like, you know, we all we all need somebody like you. We all <laughs> we all, we all need a bestie <laughs> on, like you. On, so this is a time media. where, you know, to show us where to find you. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I am on IG, I'm at Bishop Marlon Thomas, uh, Facebook, uh, Marlon S. Thomas, and my personal website is motivationwithdrmarlon.com. Our church is Lifeline Houston. Y'all got to come to Lifeline Houston if you're in the Houston area. And our IG is at Lifeline Houston. And, um, and then our church in Georgia, if you're in Georgia, amazing things, 20 years in ministry. That IG is at Lifeline FWC. And I have to give you our website since I'm already giving contact info. Me too. Our uh, <laughs> website is our entire church name, lifelinefamilyworshipcenter.org. So come on out. Come on. We are so excited <laughs> to see what else you have in store. And I'm going to show the book again yeah. because this is a cute cover. <laughs> that, that was when I had my shortcut. I let my, my Yeah, and I still love it. I, I love a short love shortcut. My guy says, I like, I like the long too. So I'm just doing long for this for this season. But um but my book you can get on my website, motivationwithdrmarlin.com. Okay, awesome. And thank you so much, Dr. Marlin. And that was um this episode of the Healing Hour. Thank you guys so much. Goodbye. Bye.